0: Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of It's Crime Time. I feel as if I'm always having to apologize for something on these episodes and I know that can get pretty annoying. I decided to focus more on my health and to try to stress less. And sometimes I feel as though I stress about whether or not I can get an episode out during a week. Well, let's face it, stress about everything. So, long story short, I release episodes on Mondays that I have time to release. I'm trying my hardest to get them out weekly, but I've just had way too much going on, and I'm always exhausted. (laughs) I feel like crap. Sorry in advance. Anyway, in today's episode, I'll be discussing a case that's relatively popular and controversial. The case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the quote-unquote sick child who exacted revenge on her mother with the help of her boyfriend. All right, everyone. It's crime time. Gypsy Rose Blanchard was born on July 1st, 1991 to parents Claudette, Dee, Dee, and Rod Blanchard in New Orleans, Louisiana. Several sources I found stated she was born on July 27th rather than July 1st. I'm not exactly sure why that is, but currently she's 27 years old. At the time Gypsy was born, her father was 17 years old and her mother 24 years old. After Gypsy's father, Rod, turned 18, he realized that he hadn't been in love with Dee. Dee even though the two had married shortly after Dee Dee became pregnant. They got divorced before Gypsy was born. Rod remained in Gypsy's life for the first 10 years, paying $1,200 a month in child support, visiting her and even buying her gifts like a wee. But when Gypsy turned 10, Dee Dee began to limit Rod's time with Gypsy and you'll find out why. Yeah, and during all of the visits with Gypsy, Dee Dee had to be there, not allowing Rod to see his child alone. And he always wondered why this was, why he had to, you know, be there with Dee Dee and why he couldn't spend time alone with his child. He was a really good father. So Rod states that Gypsy was born a perfectly healthy baby, but when Gypsy was only an infant around six months old, Dee Dee took her to the hospital claiming she had been suffering from sleep apnea. The doctors found no sign of this disease in Gypsy. Dee Dee then became convinced that her daughter had a chromosomal disorder once she had diagnosed her child with herself. She always feared for her daughter's safety and began frequently watching her to make sure she would not suffer any injuries. When Gypsy was 8 years old, she fell from her grandfather's motorcycle and was rushed to the hospital by Didi. But she had only suffered a small scrape on her knee. Dee Dee was not convinced this was the only problem the fall had caused. She was convinced that Gypsy suffered serious injuries and needed several surgeries, so... She placed her in a wheelchair, claiming it was so she would not further aggravate her injured knee, even though her knee had been totally fine. Before this, Gypsy had already been forced to use a walker because Dee Dee told her that she had muscular dystrophy and apparently the motorcycle accident had made it worse. So that's why she had been placed in a wheelchair and she was to be in this wheelchair for the rest of her life. Gypsy had been pulled out of school Sometime between kindergarten and second grade. So she was pulled out of school anywhere from the age of five to seven, eight. Dee Dee claimed that her illnesses would not allow her to attend school like regular children. Dee Dee and Gypsy had been living with Dee Dee's parents at the time, and as soon as her parents began to question Gypsy's health conditions, Dee Dee and Gypsy moved out. Dee found a rundown apartment for them to live in, and they survived off of only the disability checks Dee was collecting for Gypsy. Dee soon took Gypsy to another hospital in New Orleans, claiming that on top of Gypsy's chromosomal disorder, sleep apnea, and muscular dystrophy, Gypsy now had hearing and vision problems. Dee also told the doctors that Gypsy had been suffering with seizures as well tests at the hospital concluded that Gypsy had not been suffering from seizures and her brain activity looked fine. However, staff at the hospital still prescribed Gypsy anti-seizure medications because Dee Dee was so adamant that she was suffering from them. She was also prescribed some generic pain medication. Dee Dee also claimed that Gypsy was suffering with leukemia, even shaving her head bald frequently to make it look as if she was undergoing chemotherapy treatments. Gypsy was prescribed various medications, a huge list of medications, which actually some of the side effects of these medications mimicked some of the symptoms of the diseases that Dee Dee had said she was suffering with. So if she didn't have these diseases, her medications would probably give her some health problems. She also had to use a breathing machine for her supposed sleep apnea and had various surgeries and medical procedures. She had a surgery on her eyes as well as a feeding tube put in and her salivary glands removed. Her teeth had then rotted from either neglect or the missing salivary glands and also had to be extracted because you obviously your mouth needs saliva for food, for chewing your food and for taking care of your teeth because if your mouth is dry all the time, like if you have chronic dry mouth, you tend to have problems with teeth because the saliva isn't there. So if you um, look up pictures of her, you can see how bad her teeth were. She had caps on them. Um, A lot of them were rotted and she was missing a lot of them as well. In 2005, due to Hurricane Katrina, Dee Dee and Gypsy had to move from their apartment to Aurora, Missouri. Before this, I read from some sources that they were actually staying in, like, a shelter for people with disabilities or um, mental disabilities, and I guess they, they were discovered, and they were flown by helicopter to Missouri to move there. Dee acted sort of a champion for the rights of disabled and sick persons, using her daughter to attract fame and attention for the pair. So she would get all of this attention. She was basically using her daughter to get money to live off of. She didn't have to work. She just got donations. She got her daughter's disability checks and, of course, the child support. Habitat for Humanity felt bad for the pair and built them a new home with a wheelchair-accessible ramp and a hot tub. The Make-A-Wish Foundation even sent them on several vacations, including Disney World. They also attended concerts and at one point got backstage passes at a Miranda Lambert concert. Miranda Lambert even wrote her a check for $3,000 and some dollars out of her personal bank account. She also got to meet some of her favorite actors from the Lord of the Rings movies. Some top doctors offered Dee Dee the opportunity to bring Gypsy to them for appointments to see if there was anything they could do to help her. Because these doctors felt bad for her. They wanted to get her conditions on track. They wanted to do anything they could to help her because they had attracted so much fame and attention. They were kind of celebrities in their area. And even other areas because they had been on the news and stuff several times, but they attracted a lot of attention. So there's all these doctors, you know, requesting to help her. And real quick, I'm going to play this part of a short documentary series kind of from ABC News on Dee Dee and Gypsy. I'm just going to play a couple parts out of this.
1: All of these captured the vibrant spirit of a young teenage girl. So where are you on today? Mother Dee, is one replete with hardships and challenges. And Gypsy is in a wheelchair. They were local darlings. I mean, they were the shining star in this town of people who can outlast adversity and get through everything. The mother-daughter duo are local celebrities, the subject of countless local news profiles and articles. Gypsy her multiple illnesses and diseases. Leukemia, muscular dystrophy, she had learning disabilities, and not many of them would be out of the wheelchairs since so she was quite full, and so the community really embraced them. she was saying that she was seeing problems sleeping, epilepsy, and just progressed from there. Leukemia, paralyzed, muscular dystrophy, and she would have seizures. She was probably seven, eight years old, she's in a wheelchair now. Was Deedee a good mother? I told Deedee she was the best mother. There's no way I can do what I'm a sick child. She's constantly 24-7, taking care of her and everything. I always praised her and told her, good job. Rod and his new wife, Christy, would have sporadic visits with Gypsy, but they are never alone. You know all the visits, Deedee has to be there. With Deedee, a full-time caregiver, they're forced to piece together a life, largely from donations disability payments, and child support from Gypsy's dad. A turning point seems to be when the family gets this home, looking at the aptly named intersection of Hope Road and Volunteer Way. I remember my mom had gave me this little glass house, and she said, this one day this will be real. And now it finally is. The volunteers moved into that house, built by Habitat for Humanity wheelchair ramp was built just for her. She was like one of the happiest people I had ever met, and yet yeah, she
0: was the most sick. A pediatric neurologist, Bernardo Flasterstein, offered to see Gypsy at his clinic, and Dee, Dee took her for an appointment. While at the clinic, the doctor discovered that Gypsy did not have muscular dystrophy or any health problems that Dee, Dee claimed she had. He stated, quote, I don't see any reason why she doesn't walk, end quote. Dee Dee once again had brushed the doctor off. The doctor made several calls to doctors in New Orleans to see if he could get Gypsy's records, which Dee Dee claimed had been washed away in Hurricane Katrina. However, Dr. Flasterstein was able to get in contact with a few doctors that still had records. When he spoke with the doctors, they had confirmed that Gypsy Rose was actually a healthy child. They suspected that the actual illness was not in Gypsy, but in Didi instead, Didi had everyone believing that Gypsy was only 14 years old when in reality she was almost 19. Didi even changed Gypsy's birth certificate to make her age younger than she actually was. In 2009, reports remained authorities stating that Didi's accounts of Gypsy's ailments had no medical basis and they were fictional. Two caseworkers visited the Blanchard home and Didi convinced them that there was nothing wrong going on there. In 2011, when Gypsy was 19 years old, she attempted to escape her mother by running to a neighbor's home. She was begging for a ride to the hospital. When Didi Dee Dee noticed, she intervened, telling the neighbor that Gypsy was actually a minor and that her brain was so addled with disease and she didn't know what she was doing. Anytime Gypsy would attempt to escape her mother or go against her wishes and let on that she, in fact, was older and healthy, Dee, Dee intervened as she wanted Gypsy to appear as if she was just a small child suffering from these diseases. Because if anyone found out that this was all a hoax, obviously she would be in trouble and Gypsy would be able to escape from her and Gypsy wouldn't be in her life probably, at least I wouldn't, you know, if my mom did something like that to me. And she would also obviously lose all of the benefits, the money, um, the donations, the disability and everything that her daughter was getting her. And of course the attention and fame wouldn't be good attention and fame. It would be attention from her doing something so vile and evil. Gypsy would get punished by her mother for doing things like this, obviously trying to escape. She would get hit with a coat hanger. And Gypsy had begun to actually discover various items in her home that her mother had kept, such as medical papers and documents about herself, Gypsy once found her birth certificate and it stated that she was born in 1991. She questioned her mother about this and Dee Dee simply told her that it was a typo and that she was much younger. When she had run to the neighbor's home, she took some of the documents and her Medicaid card with her real birth date on it. And after this incident, Dee Dee, as punishment, took a hammer and smashed Gypsy's laptop. She also threatened her saying she would take the hammer to her fingers if Gypsy contacted any of her friends about what she had discovered. She installed a bell on the door so that if Gypsy tried to run away again, she would hear the bell ringing she also took a dog leash and handcuffs and tied gypsy to the bed she left her tied to her bed for two weeks after this incident with the neighbor gypsy began using the internet when dd Dee Dee was in bed to meet men online gypsy wanted so badly to be normal and have a boyfriend like other girls her age she created a dating profile on a christian dating website this is where in 2012 gypsy met nicholas John. He was a 23-year-old man from Wisconsin who had a past criminal record for indecent exposure and various mental health conditions. These issues did not stop Gypsy from wanting to meet and be with Nick. Nick, being only 23, was actually functioning at about a 15 to 16-year-old level. Because he had kind of a similar social life as Gypsy. He not really had a normal social life growing up. So, he had, you know, a hard time communicating, like... I guess someone his age would communicate. So one day, a few months after the two met, as Dee, Dee was out on a rare outing alone, Nick came by the home to see Gypsy. Now, the two had sex, and when Nick left, the pair began to plot how to kill Dee, Dee. And I added that little part about them, their first sexual encounter there, um, because it kind of plays into something I'm going to read you later, Facebook post. This was really the only way that Gypsy felt at the time she could get away from her mom. So the only way she could escape her mom, she felt, was to kill her. Because she was she was so trapped, I guess you could say, at the home and her mother's lies and everything. Kind of like a kidnapping victim. You know, you listen to your kidnapper. You do everything they want you to do because you fear punishment. And that's kind of how she was. So she thought, okay, well, we have to get rid of her. Nick and Gypsy were in love, and they thought this was the way to allow them to be together. The two plotted how to kill Dee Dee over Facebook messages. And after Dee Dee went to sleep, Gypsy would let Nick in, and he would kill Dee Dee, and they would flee. In mid-June of 2015, Dee Dee went to bed for the night, and Gypsy left Nick inside the home. Handing him a knife and then going to hide in the bathroom with her hands covering her ears so she didn't have to hear her mom scream. Nick proceeded to stab Dee Dee in her bedroom. Nick and Gypsy then fled to his home in Wisconsin. I read a couple reports of this and apparently the two separated at a Greyhound station and they met back up in his home in Wisconsin. Not really sure if that part is true where they ever separated. Um, But either way, that's where they, they were headed. They went to his home. Friends of the Blanchard family saw posts on a joint Facebook account shared by Dee Dee and Gypsy. The post stated, quote, that bitch is dead, end quote, and, quote, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, lol, end quote. Now, I'm guessing the second post was obviously by Nick, and that's kind of why I said earlier that they did have that sexual encounter, because... He posted basically about it. Now he was saying he raped her and stuff. So people took this obviously awfully. And these family friends that saw the post actually raced to the home. They saw their car in the driveway, but no one answered the door. They knocked on the Blanchard's windows, the door, and no one answered. So they called authorities to have a wellness check done on the Blanchard's. Thinking that something had happened to the both of them. The body of Dee Dee was found, and Gypsy was nowhere to be found. So what they originally thought was, Dee Dee had been murdered and Gypsy was kidnapped. But they would soon find out that this obviously was not the case, because eventually, Nick and Gypsy were caught shortly after in Wisconsin. And the police eventually realized that Gypsy was actually not a kidnapping victim, and she was somehow involved in the killing.
1: She tells me about the genesis of that relationship with Nick Godejohn, meeting him online, and quickly falling in love, even hatching an ill-fated plan to introduce him to overprotective Dee, Dee at a screening of Cinderella. How did it go? Oh. Oh my god. She got jealous because I was spending a little too much attention on him and she had ordered me to stay away from him. Okay. And Needless to say, that was a very long argument that lasted a couple weeks. An argument that lasted a couple of weeks, what does that look like? Yelling, throwing things, calling me names, bitch, slut, whore. Did you hate your mother at that point? I didn't hate her. You wanted her dead? Yes, but it was not because I hated her. It was because I wanted to escape her. Nick traveled to Springfield from Wisconsin. That's him checking into a local Days Inn Motel where he waited for Gypsy to get word Dee was asleep. This is gonna go down tonight. Just the gloves and knife. Duct tape too, to muffle her. All three cut it. How are you feeling? Honestly, terrified. But then I had taken some medication that was not prescribed to me to calm me down. Gypsy says she hands the items to Nick and hides in the bathroom while he goes into the bedroom, matching Nick's story to police. I mean, I'll admit it. I did actually stab her, my it. So when you're stabbing me, where is she at? She's on her stomach. Did she scream or holler? Or yes, she did. What was she saying? First she said, help. And then what did she say? And she called up for Gypsy, but Gypsy didn't do anything. I heard her scream once. And there was more screaming. But not like the kind of horror film. Just like a startled scream. And she called out to my name about three or four times.
0: At first, Gypsy acted as though she did not know her mother was dead and she had nothing to do with it during her interrogation. But she eventually confessed that she had sort of hired Nick to kill her mother. At the court hearing, Gypsy Rose, at the age of 24, was sentenced to 10 years in prison for second-degree murder. She will be eligible for parole in 2024. And her then-boyfriend, Nick, was sentenced to life in prison for first-degree murder. Gypsy has expressed remorse for the death of her mother, but says she is better off without her. Stating in an interview in 2018, quote, I feel like I'm freer in prison than living with my mom because now I'm allowed to just live like a normal woman." End quote. I wouldn't call living in prison living like a normal woman, but to her, she's lived with abuse and control her entire life and fake health problems being put on her. And at least she's allowed to walk in prison. Now, Gypsy and Nick are no longer no longer together as he's in prison for life. So, what relationship does she have? Well, a man actually wrote to her through a prison pen pals program after he saw her documentary on HBO. His name is Ken, and they never released his last name. The two had known each other for about two years when they became engaged in 2019. A photo of Gypsy, Ken, Rod, which is Gypsy's father, and Gypsy's stepmother, Christy, serviced on Instagram when they all met at the prison to kind of formally announce the engagement. The two had planned to get married in January of 2020, but they've called off the wedding and they're attempting to take things slow hoping to make a life for themselves together once Gypsy's released from prison. For those of you who don't really know, Gypsy was actually the victim of a psychological disorder that Dee Dee had, known as Munchausen by Proxy Syndrome. This is one of the most famous cases of this disorder. What is this disorder? Well, it's a little difficult to explain. But you can basically gather what it is from the story. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a definition. Machiavism by proxy is a psychological disorder that involves attention seeking behavior by a caregiver. This caregiver will create fake illnesses using a proxy, which is the person they're giving the care to, to get attention. So the person with this disorder will either make up illnesses or actually injure the person they're giving care to. So they can get attention by medical personnel, family, friends, and in this case, even the public. This often results in some sort of gain for the caregiver, whether it's just attention, or in this case, of Dee, Dee Blanchard, they got trips, donations, kind of sort of fame and gypsy's disability checks. It's considered a form of abuse on children, but it occurs with adults and the elderly as well. And it doesn't just occur in these kinds of situations, it can occur in any caregiver situation. Um, There's a famous case, actually there's several famous cases where nurses would actually do this to get attention by harming their patients and then they would bring the patients back to health and they would look like a hero. That actually happens quite frequently as well, and that is a form of this disorder. All right, everyone, that concludes today's episode. There's so much out there about this case for you to dive into if you're interested. There's even a show on Hulu called The Act, which is based upon Gypsy's story. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and check me out on social media at It's Crime Time Pod. View the Instagram for photos of this case and others. Music okay.